This podcast is brought to you thanks to all our patrons over at patreon.com slash boards and swords. Go check it out and see how you can help support us. Live from Swordplay Studios, it's time for Boards and Swords! That's right, kids. Come get your candy! <laughs> that doesn't sound... I'm, yeah, I've, I've got my know. van parked out back, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Hey there, boys! <laughs> no! We are a family-friendly episode! <laughs> and then we'll, we'll go for a swim. Oh my gosh. Wow. Welcome to Boards and Swords. This is a podcast where we have fun talking about board games. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Chris. And then, oh. Oh. Oh, no. He's, he's not here. Philip's not here. Um, Darn. Yeah. No sassy remarks. Well, I'm Colin. Um, I'm Colin. I'm not so sure about that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what What did you say? I'm, I'm Colin. <laughs> I'm Cindy. I'm punchy. <laughs> This is going to be fun. <laughs> I'm sassy, apparently. <laughs> you? Oh, yeah. Wait, if you're punchy, does that make me schmosby? I have Remember no that idea time that you took it in the pool? <laughs> How I Met Your Mother. Okay. It, I think you said the wrong line, and it turned into something really funny. <laughs> what? <laughs> I did say I could buy like Yeah, not dookie in the pool. Dookie, dookie in, in your, your pants. pants down by the lake. <laughs> Is what it is. I think. Unbelievable! <laughs> Sorry. I love that show. You know, it's really unbelievable. What's that? The news. <laughs> what? She's punchy. Oh. Okay. Make me laugh for real. Okay, come on. Uh, so, uh, Isaac Childress announced that the Shucks convention happened a couple of weeks oh, ago. Oh, yeah. Shut up oh, and yeah. sit down, Kyle. Yep. Uh, that the popular dungeon crawler game Gloomhaven will be getting a more entry-level version later in uh, 2020. Mm. With the placeholder name Gloomhaven subtitle. <laughs> <laughs> the, no, that, that's for real. Like, oh. they, that's literally he what showed like a That mock- was funny enough, though. <laughs> he showed a mock-up of it that just says Gloomhaven subtitle. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like what the listing in Board Game Geek is. It's untitled Gloomhaven. Yeah. The, the game will be about 40 50 bucks, have about 24 missions in it, and will be available at Target. Huh. Target? That's cool. Yeah. If you're like me, this means you now have one year to come up with newer excuses about why you haven't tried Gloomhaven. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, because like you know, it's 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 too expensive. It's too big of huge of a commitment, yeah. or you just can't get it. Well, that's gone, gone, gone. <laughs> well, I accidentally flipped off the camera there. <laughs> for you, for you live viewers, there only. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, let's talk about your favorite game company, Renegade Games. I just actually I dumped a joke, jumped a joke, but we'll go back. <laughs> and they launched a new Kickstarter called Scott Pilgrim Miniatures the World. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Based on the popular comic book turned into a movie, the game has you play Scott, his companions, or one of the evil exes standing in his way. I was going to put a joke here, but after the sticks joke last week fell flat, I know no one here would get a Scott Pilgrim joke. Yeah, no, no. It would be totally (laughs) lost. I know nothing about Scott Pilgrim. So, and to be honest, like a couple years ago, sure, Renegade was awesome. They kept coming out with stuff. Like, I loved everything, but. All the stuff they've been producing recently, I have no desire to ever get. You mean not even uh, 
Clank Legacy? Well, okay, that. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. How did I forget that? But like, you know, not much except for the one game I want this year. Yeah, but no, <laughs> I call that more an expansion. Yeah, no, so it's a but like, game. I, mean, I know that, but it's like in its own. You know, I know that they're universe. making you know big great games, but I just have like the Tremors game. Mm-hmm. Don't care. Scott Pilgrim. Don't care. Power Rangers don't care, you know. So it, it's interesting. Like I know that yeah. they're doing well, but it's just inter- it's when weird I, to me that all of a sudden, like their my interest in them has changed so much because of the type of content they're producing yeah. now. When I found out that Terror Below didn't have Kevin Bacon in it, oh, I said Tremors, didn't I? I lost Same total. Yeah. I lost total interest. Well, to be fair, they're just kind of like scoping out the market. I think to try mm. and get other groups that yeah. normally oh, wouldn't yeah. buy their Which stuff, which is fantastic. It's a good move on their part for sure. But I don't know. This one, I will say, if you are interested, if the idea of a Scott Pilgrim minis game, I think you're going to want to back this on Kickstarter because I looked, I I breezed through it Mm -hmm. because I'm familiar with it, but I don't know if I want it. But I breezed through and there's like a couple of minis that come in like the base game, but like all the really cool stuff, cool stuff. Like, and it's not even cool, but like there's one. So in the in the in the comic book, there's seven evil exes for this girl he likes mm. that he has to battle throughout the story. The game comes with one base set, mm. so like doesn't seem like a whole lot of replayability there. Oh, there's yeah. a couple of good guys you can be, but like one bad guy. But you get all these other people if you back the Kickstarter. You get all these Kickstarter exclusive stuff. Huh. Interesting. I kind of wonder if that's maybe their goal. Like this is kind of a neat a niche thing mm-hmm. that maybe they're not planning on making a whole lot past retail you know yeah yeah, yeah. maybe i wonder if uh, or it, past kickstarter yeah you made me think of like what gale force 9 does they talk about everything in the rule book that's yeah. in the expansions coming yeah oh yeah like you know there's seven x's <laughs> if you if you're familiar the like box has all of them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right let me jump back a joke here the herb which is expansion for quaxa quedlinburg is now available from north star games oh, yeah, yeah. This expansion adds a fifth player to the mix, along with some new potions and ingredients. It also adds a new winning condition. Who can convince the others of the correct pronunciation of herb? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Uh, Lastly, last one. The newest (laughs) in the tiny epic... Wait, hi, Chris Renshaw. Have we met? (laughs) So the newest in the tiny epic line is now on Kickstarter. Tiny epic dinosaurs. Dinosaurs, yeah. From Gameland Games. Dinosaurs are all the rage now. Yeah. It's a... Well, it's like somebody saw like, man, everyone really likes all these dinosaur games. Maybe we should make a tiny one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's a 45-minute worker placement game for one to four players where you try and be the best to gather and breed dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. Dinosaur pun time. (laughs) You'll shell out $20 for this game. Some reviewers are already calling the game excellent. Don't play with Colin and Cindy or you'll get Jurassicked. <laughs> that one was good. That one was good. Philip is still waiting to unraptor his tiny epic mechs. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was good. And you can't triceratop these puns. Oh my gosh. That was... Two of those are really good. Them's the news. Good. I like the, the Jurassic kick. <laughs> Rusted Beetle is right in the chat room. The Edgar Wright movie is great. Oh, is Scott, that Pilgrim? Scott Pilgrim? Yeah. Is that the one that had uh, uh, Michael Sarah? Michael Sarah. Yep. 
All I could think of was uh, Jesse didn't, Einhorn or whatever yeah, his name is. Didn't do well in the uh, box office. Mm. Uh, but I've sat and watched that movie a bunch. Oh, okay. I said Einhorn. <laughs> that's that's you the mean Eisenhower or whatever the guy uh, that played uh, Eisenberg or uh, the, the guy that played Zuckerberg. In, yeah, Goldberg. In... What you're just <laughs> saying things now. No, I said Einhorn at first, and I was I was like, oh yeah, that's Ace Ventura. <laughs> Finkel is Einhorn. Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel. <laughs> oh my gosh. I like his excuse for you for Gloomhaven. Oh yeah, that uh, that my playing it will be the uh, build the wooden insert for Gloomhaven. Mm-hmm. Don't have that ins- excuse either because I've accident I accident- accidentally have I it. accidentally got it and f- <laughs> some friends of mine built it instead. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, yeah hey true. guys, I need that back. <laughs> when we were in um, Virginia Beach visiting our friend Jason, who sometimes joins us in the chat, he seriously contemplated getting Gloomhaven, mm. and he was like, "Do you think we could play this this weekend?" And I'm like, "Well." We could play a couple rounds of it, but Jason, it's a huge campaign game. I mean, as much fun as it would be to play it with you constantly, you know, like regularly, we live too far apart for that. <laughs> it just gives you more reason to go visit. That's yeah, all. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But no, he, he ended up passing, but. Yeah, I, yeah, it's, that's Gloomhorn, Gloomhaven's, you got me all messed up now. Gloomhorn? Gloomhaven, Gloomhaven's <laughs> one of those games that I've. It's it's the game I should have played and I haven't yet. Yeah. Mm. And I even know somebody like I've got a couple of like I when I mention this in some of our local groups, there's like two or three people that are like, Chris, I have Gloomhaven and we we, we can get you into a campaign if you want. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, I know this. There's like three people that have a Gloom, <laughs> but no one's actually given me like a time and a place. Yeah. Roger, if you're listening to this, Roger apparently has the minis too. Mm. Call Chris up or text Chris or something and set and just tell him be here at this time. And you heard it. That's what he wants, Roger. There's a fifty percent chance I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So speaking of, I don't know. I was going to transition there, but I will say we just finished news, so I'll say one of the. I'll go ahead and talk about your idea because mm. I'd like to get some viewer input. Mm-hmm. Oh sure, yeah. And people can either email us feedback at boardsandswords.com or Twitter. Facebook, feast Facebook, any of those places, or you know those the the couple people that are in the chat. So Colin had the idea, and it's something that I've been thinking about as well. Where sometimes we don't have a whole lot of reviews for each individual show, and so potentially doing more topic based episodes like we have been doing, and I've been kind of enjoying those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have too. And then pulling out the interviews and either doing them maybe once every couple of you know interviews or, re- or reviews. I said interviews. I said rev- meant reviews. Pulling out reviews. And either doing them less frequent, so maybe there's like one show where we do a bunch, or having them on the YouTube channel and doing YouTube reviews, or potentially even both. You could do the full-on review on, uh, YouTube. on YouTube, and then do like the quick, down-and-dirty 30-second yeah. review, you know, mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. So, idea so, yeah. we're thinking about. What do you guys think? Yeah. Because well, we obviously do- we're making this content for you. Yeah. So, you know, that's important. If, if you like the way things are. Let us know if you think it would be fun having the stuff switched, separated out. Let us know that too. If we or, don't get any responses, we're going to flip a coin and whatever happens. <laughs> there are dice right there. We could use we could use those. A coin's just a two sided die. Sure. <laughs> oh my gosh! What if we get like four options, Colin? There's a D four then. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I will start us off and talk about uh, something I've had for a little while and been experimenting with the uh, the Raiders of the North Sea app. Yeah, um, yeah, from Lone Wolf Studios, I believe is who's doing it. Lone Wolf, not Dire Wolf. Dire Wolf, that's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I yes, Dire Wolf. 
Direwolf Studios. They've been doing a. They got a whole bunch of new digital things coming up. Yeah. Uh, exclu- Root. Super excited for Root. They finally got the Mummy's Curse Clank expansion in the app. For yeah. That. Well, we got to play that again so we that's, can use it. That's a scoring thing, right? That's no. Like the, no it's, it's a companion app. Right. That's what I like a companion. It's for like if you want to play solo you, and you stuff. You can right? do no, scoring you can, and you can do solo, but you can also, it's, you, it's just like an extra element. Like yeah. if certain conditions are met, you something hit happens. A bu- you hit a button. But and it's, it's not like a digital version. No. No. Okay. no. Sorry. That's what I thought you were saying. But it's first. not just like a timer or gotcha. whatever. Yeah. Or a scorekeeper or anything. No, it actually enhances your gameplay. Gotcha. Well, so I've talked about on the show how Ashley and I really like the the Raiders of the North Sea. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to see, because a lot of times we don't have the time to pull out the game okay. and set it up. I wanted to see how that went with the app instead. So I actually tried, we got to try two different versions. So Ashley tried the app version for like a ter- tablet and I got it on Nintendo Switch mm. because oh. there's a bunch of, I've been playing my Switch more and there's a lot of apps coming out for Nintendo Switch. And so I wanted to see how it compares. So to do this justice, I feel like I need to break that into two parts. Okay. Because too long, don't want to listen. Basically, the app is great. I don't know if it'd be worth buying on the Switch. Mm. So the Switch for, so there's a lot of games coming out for the Switch. But every time, I, and I've I've gotten them, and I've played like I've played this one, I've played Carcassonne. Mm. But when I pick up the Switch, I don't want to play a board game per se. Like I want to play a like a full meaty game because that's what the Switch allows me to do because it's portable. Mm-hmm. Like I can play Mario games or Super Smash Brothers or whatever. Yeah. About the only time I could see this being the only scenario in which I could see a Switch version being useful for me. Or granted, this is for me. Uh, is like docking it and playing like a big huge group. Like you don't want to, you don't want to take all your board games to Thanksgiving. Mm. So you dock the Switch and you can play couch everything. Yeah. So I, I get that, but other than that, because the most of the time when I'm wanting to play a board game, because I guess I, there's some people that like to play board games. Maybe they don't play video games and like to play board games when they're at home, just sitting around. For me, I'd rather do that on my phone or a tablet. Yeah, I get that. Mainly because if I go somewhere, I still have the game with me. Mm-hmm. Like the Switch doesn't have cellular at all, so I can only play it when I'm on Wi-Fi. And so for me, the app's a lot better if it's on a device where I can play it anytime. Yeah. Mm. Because the limited amount of times I'm going to play it on the Switch, I could just pull out the board game. Like it's almost the same amount of Effort. Effort, almost. So is it what you're saying that primarily this will be good for people whose main form of entertainment is the Switch? Yes. Yes. Okay. Or if you're a family kind of thing. Because mm. uh, the other thing is Switch games have also gone for really expensive. Like I'm in the position where I'm getting it for free because I'm trying it. But mm. as someone that's thinking about, you know, this is money that people could be spending on other things. Mm-hmm. I think most Switch games have been, go- or the board game version of Switch games have been going for like $20. Oh my. Which is ridiculous. Whereas the app versions have been around seven to 10 bucks and mm. can go cheaper if you catch them on sale. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like that's a better investment. Yeah. So do the versions play exactly the same? Yes. It's just, okay, okay. Yeah, like we were playing across the two. So like I was playing on my Switch and Ashley was playing oh, it. Oh, it's cross-platform. It's, cl- it's cross-platform. That's okay. cool. So yeah, it doesn't matter where you buy it, you're still able to play with everybody else. That's a nice feature. Yeah. 
That's really cool. So that's why it's kind of like. So that's why you're talking about like where to buy it. Not, right. Not the app. I'm not. T- yes. Everything I'm saying right now has nothing to say about the app itself. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll get to that in a second. Yeah, because unlike the Carcassonne app was different. When we, when I reviewed the Carcassonne app, there was no multiplayer and it didn't connect with anything kind mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one, it does connect just like some of the other where you log into an external service and it routes it through there. Oh, that's cool. Now, having said that, the app is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It is amazing. This app, you could tell like they worked with, is, is I know Shem does the games. Does he draw them yeah, as well? Yeah, he does well? the artwork. Okay, you can tell they work. Uh, no, 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 he doesn't. It's uh, the Miko. Right. They they definitely worked with him because it's it's got this kind of mo- the way the animation goes and everything. Mm. It's all that same sort of artwork that you see in the game, and it's just blended very well into the app. Mm. So the app takes that experience and just multiplies it, and it's just beautiful. Hmm. Um, Ashley said that she didn't like the app as much as liking she had for her. The t- she preferred the tangible bits of moving the pieces around on the board game. Mm-hmm. Like, she liked it, but it was one of those, like, I'd rather just set up the board and move the pieces well, around. Well, you have all the nice pieces, so it's a, a tactically well, rich game. No, I, I have just the base version. The, it just comes with a lot of good components. Yeah, that uh, I might have said the wrong thing, but yeah, that's what I was meaning. It's, it's a very tactile game. It's yeah. not just chits. It's, yes. Yeah, it's like tokens and meeples and mm-hmm. you know metal coins and stuff, and we got a play mat for it now. But I will say, like me, I'm probably going to because since the one I got the version for the app I got for Android, I'm probably going to end up buying this for myself for my phone slash tablet. Mm. That's cool because it would be a great game, you know, a great toilet game. Let's <laughs> be honest here. Yeah, but like I so when I was playing it by myself on the Switch, there'd be so many games I would start and then they would time out because oh. I would not log back. I'd forget to log back in because maybe I only pick up the switch once a day or every other day. Yeah. You know, but like my phone, I could get a notification like, hey, it's your turn. And then those games are real quick where it's just like, boop, do my action and then put it back in my pocket kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But again, I, like I said, obviously some people are buying it because more people are wanting it out there. Yeah. But having said that, I will say I'm really hoping that the Gloomhaven app, I think it's pretty much come. I think it's coming to Switch as well. I'm really waiting for that because I feel like that's a little bit more of a meatier game. And I'm not so much wanting to multiplayer that because it just seems like it's a good. So, hey, you might actually play Gloomhaven. Yeah, (laughs) that's honestly, that's what I'm waiting for, because I feel like that's the way it's going to get the most played is the Switch digital version. Mm -hmm. But that's just me. So you don't have to worry about the insert. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Awesome. So we have a copy of a game here called Epoch from Rio Grande Games. And something that you might notice off the bat, the title is not on the front of this box. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's on every other side except the front. And they, d- they did that because they wanted to do something different. They wanted to showcase the artwork on the box. And it is a nice image on there. Well, yeah. if you're one of those people who put your games in a shelf sideways, it doesn't matter anyway. But yeah, but like, you know, some board game stores or like if you have the setup on a display i oh, guess true. it's i guess it's mm-hmm. to bring you in and go hey what's that game it's a really yeah. pretty box uh, i remember seeing an interview they kind of did it that way it's like to draw you in by yeah. by the nice picture the, on the artwork front. in this game in general is really nice so i think it's very pretty yeah this is a sort of exploration resource management type game uh, each player is part of a tribe either your own tribe or your each part of a tribe trying to lead your people to 
the best. You know, you're trying to get you're notoriety. You're a clan leader. There you go. You're a clan leader. And you're trying to lead your people into the next era, developing technologies and stuff. And So it's a Civ building game? Kind of. It's not... Yeah, eh. It's... I don't know. You're developing technology. I think that's kind of the definition of a Civ. I really like you're, don't know. You're making gloves and a pickaxe and that, that kind of technology. And building it's, a canoe. And yeah. Basic technology. Yeah. It's not like you're building a military or stuff like that. Mm. So what you're doing in this game, you are going around exploring different terrains, mountains, desert, water, forest. Swamp. Yeah, and you are, on each tile, there is going to be a different technology that you can possibly develop. And developing stuff is how you are going to get a big part of your points at the end of the game. I think our last game that we did, I had like you were almost, in the 30, six... almost 30 points from my tiles that I had developed. Yes. Yeah, so... Yes. So that's a large part of your points. And so what you are doing, you are going around taking an action on your turn, moving around, possibly using extra abilities that you have, developing tiles by trading in goods that are on the tile itself saying, to do this, you need these goods. You trade those in with different things. You can go hunting. Uh, You can only hunt on certain types of terrain. Fishing, same thing. Fishing. You can gather goods, just like say, I'm going to work and Depending on what terrain you're on, you can gather different kinds of goods. Like you're going to get wood a lot easier in the woods than you will in uh, the mountains because the trees just grow more in the forest. Yeah. That's... You don't get any wood uh, wood in the desert. Yeah. You... Oh. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can. You just have to work really hard. I guess it's buried in the sand. Yeah. That's the nice thing is you can get anything on any type of terrain, but it's just a matter of how hard, how much resources you have to expend because your main resource in this game is food you use food as energy basically everything takes energy mm-hmm. you need energy to work you need energy to travel you need energy to explore the tiles yeah but some of the inventions that you are creating will help you do those things easier i think mm-hmm. you said that but still like if you have a canoe you can travel by canoe a lot faster than you can walking over certain types of terrain and And you can carry more goods that way too Mm -hmm. you can put a lot more stuff because if you've only got so much you can carry and if you get a whole bunch of stuff and then you move you have to leave some of it behind so someone else could come and just pick that up yeah we've done that one of our (laughs) games cindy was leaving stuff everywhere i've got too much stuff (laughs) i can't yeah I didn't uh, have that problem in our last game, that's for sure. I was struggling. So yeah, uh, you are going about until someone has developed their eighth tile or in the four corners of the board, there are offering sites or ceremonial sites and you can make an offering and trade in goods to do that. And that, that's also points at the end of the game. When you do that, it, it flips over a quarter of the board. The tiles just automatically flip over. Sorry, when you explore a tile, you're revealing what's on that tile. So when you make an offering, it just automatically flips that whole quadrant. When you make your second offering, it flips everything. everything. And once everything on the board is revealed or someone has made their eighth offering, the end of the game is triggered. There are three more rounds that happen. And then after that, you tally up points from your tiles, uh, points you have just in general, uh, your ceremonial sites, and one other thing. I think it's how many ceremonial sites that you were at. And then who has the most points is the winner. So that's the general lowdown of it. The tiles remind me of suburbia. Uh, a little Something bit. Something about the same those shape. hexagonal. Well, I mean, not just the hex, <laughs> but just the... I get that. They Something have, about the graphic design. The bar. I think, I think it's that oh, yeah. Yeah. banner yeah. across the middle of it. I think you're right. The, the, the text. I think mm-hmm. you're right. 
And then there's the logo up. There's some sort yeah. of symbol up in the top left corner. On yeah, the I really do get that. Maybe that's why the board was appealing to me. <laughs> but this is more, much more colorful than the original Suburbia tiles. Yes. Like the collector's edition coming out, that's, that's different. But yeah, it's... Isn't that shipping soon? Yes. Yeah, it's uh, supposed to be here like early November. Nice. Like actually so arriving. Excited. So we played this one last time and Cindy went fishing at one point and the the resource in the game, that, right? Yeah, in in the game. <laughs> and you're just the, playing the game and Cindy's like, I'll be right back. You I gotta said go one fish. last time, like we're never gonna play it again. No, no, no. I mean before we talked about it on the show, just to refresh ourselves. And Cindy went fishing at one point and the resource that you get from that is food, but she I called, called it, it fish. fish. And it was like that to me like gave a little bit of testament to it actually feels a little thematic, even though it's a kind of, it looks like a dry Euro game. Mm-hmm. But what you're doing in it, developing the different technologies, they make sense. And yeah. th- in the rule book, they actually explain, they elaborate on what everything does. But then there's also a little thematic verse as to why it works the way it does. Like why you need different resources to make that, say, I can't think of anything on top of my head, but it it was it was really neat when I was reading through the rule book initially. I was like, oh, so you need mud to do, or sorry, clay. I'm thinking Firefly is like here's where they make mud. Well, clay really. You need clay to develop certain things. You need flax. Flax. This would be so much better if I had examples. An example. Yeah, but at, do you need to grab the rule book? No, I don't want to open it up. It's just so nice just sitting there. Don't worry about it. But yeah, so they have those nice thematic little verses in there about what everything does. And so at the same time, you can take this as a dry Euro. You can also think of it as having some theme mm-hmm. in there. I think it's I think it's pretty cool because it, you truly are like going through and you're exploring these different areas and you're learning and making these tools and collecting different resources. It, it's just... It's very early settler. Well, maybe not even early settler, but it's very like pioneer. More like caveman. Yeah, it's, like it's early. Yeah. I mean, the subtitle for this is early inventors, and that's, yeah. it's like coming out of the hit something with a rock era. Mm. Yeah, they're getting into tool and I, making, and I just think it's it's really cool because you develop something, and then the next time, like I built a fishing pole, and so when I was fishing. You know, I'm going through and I'm just collecting as many fish as it tells me, okay, in the water you get four. In the forest you get two, that kind of thing from like a stream or whatever. But when you get a fishing pole, you're not just catching it with your hands at that point. You have something to lure the fish in. So you automatically get an extra four fish on top of whatever you get from the specific terrain you're on. And it just adds this, I think it's kind of fun and exciting Mm because you're, it's almost engine building in a way. Yeah. Like, I mean, you may not constantly be using the tools that you're building but when you need to you have it and it makes things easier for you yeah you just made me think of something one cool aspect about this a lot of times in games when you're doing engine builders like you have your stuff i have my stuff oh you can use your stuff i use my stuff but in this game you can gain access to other people's stuff gotcha you basically give them a point and you can use everything of theirs for for a turn turn. well technology wise you can't take their goods or anything Mm -hmm. but so like you have a canoe, I have a canoe for this turn. And it's really neat, like, doing that little trade-off. It's yeah. like, okay, I'm giving you a point, so I need to utilize this well. Yeah. but it, So it's not as punishing as some games because you do have that sharing ability. Mm-hmm. But the game is 
I wouldn't say intense, but there's a lot to it. And yeah, the player very, aid is uh, it's giant. Oh it's the gosh. size of the box. But I, you're very limited. Like you have plenty of options of things you can do on your turn. There's you get a main action, and then you have three other like auxiliary things you can do. But you get one main action. And so that could be very frustrating because it's like, oh my gosh, I want to, I need to fish, but I, or I want to hunt, but I also want to butcher or I need to fish, but I also want to work. And so it's like, it takes you several turns to be able to do things, but then you can, you know, your auxiliary actions, you can do some of them as many times as you want. Like you can walk as far as you want, as long as you can pay the food for it. Mm Mm-hmm. So that I think that's my only complaint is that sometimes it feels like it takes forever to be able to get to what you want to do. I but don't know. Once you know what the different kinds of actions you can do, the turns go pretty fast. They do. That's and true. Like our first couple of plays, they were slow, but it says it's 30 minutes per player on the box. Like If you at, know what everything is, yeah. When we got into our third, like after we got into our third play of this, like the turns were like, it's like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm not moving. I'm done. So they were actually going pretty fast. That's true. So yeah, those first couple of plays are going to be kind of slow just because this it's Knowing a double-sided what you can do. It's a double-sided like 12 by 12 piece of card stock that you're looking at for all the actions and stuff. But it's good. Yeah. In our last play I was like, "You know what? I'm reminded I I actually really like this game." <laughs> mhm. Yeah, I think it's really cool too. And so I'm going to give this a solid one and a half. It's not like I'm in love with this like any time, but when I'm playing the one game One and a half thumbs. One and a half thumbs. It's it, it kind of broke off. Uh, Just because like one and a half out of like five would be like ooh. <laughs> yeah, one oh, and a, one yeah. and a half out of two. <laughs> yeah, it's like one's just kind of you know bent over like it's I don't know what it's doing. I mean, you could transition our point scale to a five point scale. Sure, I'll give it. A, well, can I do point five in the five point scale? Sure. So it might as well just be a ten point scale. Can I do point five in a ten point scale? Exactly. Because then like, it's a twenty, 20 point, point scale. scale. Just do five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Or or what we could just use the BGG scale. Okay. What? So it goes to ten. It goes to but ten. But you then, get the point seven and point well, no, 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 two. No, it's standard it's ten. It's ten. Oh. You can add decimals, but you, it's well, just no, regular. Like 10. general, it's one to ten, but they have each one has a meaning. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. It's like we'll always pull this out, or you know, like a seven is we'll play uh, play it any time. Mm-hmm. So I would probably do this as a seven. On that scale, I would be up for this. Like, if someone suggested it, I would say, "Yeah, I'll play that." Yeah, I'm. I'm probably about that as well. Because mm-hmm. I do. Like, I was excited the last when we pulled this out last time. Because I'm like, "Oh yeah, 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 let's play Epoch again. That's exciting." Sure, sure, sure. So yeah, that's Epoch from Rio Grande Games. Mm-hmm. Cool. I gotta psych myself up for this next one. <sighs> <sighs> Guys, I had a terrible experience. <laughs> I had oh, a bad no. experience. I had a bad experience. What happened? Oh, no. <laughs> so I finally resolved because I was having a hard time getting... I, there's a couple people that were kind of interested, but I was having a hard time getting the the Batman Gotham City Chronicles to the table to get it played. Mm. So I was okay. like, okay, well, I'll play this solo. Uh, Plus, it'll make sure, because I've heard the rules are a mess, you know, so I can make sure I've got all that ironed out before I subject somebody else to it's this. It's not a solo game, right? It's not a solo okay, game. Okay, it's one versus all. It's, it's... Or it's... Yes? Yeah, yeah, it is a one versus all. Okay. Yes. But I went online and BGG has a AI deck that somebody made that's actually really good. Okay. So if you've got this game... So this isn't a full-on review. This I just wanted to give my first impressions because that was earlier this week and it was 
It was very impressive. <laughs> I I I had heard everyone talk about how bad the rule book is. Holy crap. <laughs> I did not understand. I thought that like in the realm of bad rule books, mm. I thought that this was like what every you know, when people talk about bad rule books, I thought this was like every other bad rule book you've seen. Mm. No, this sets the bar for ra- bad rule books. Is this like weird terminology or just bad Britain? Yes. Because <laughs> that's what throws me off with the fantasy flight uh, rule books is like they always have like their own terminology. It's like, what does this term mean? Yeah. I have to go digging for that, like, and find the. Uh, our, uh, Android's really bad for that, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I watched a tutorial video on Android yeah. and it was just confusing. That's one of the hard parts about getting into that game is there's a term for like your deck. It's not called your deck, it's called R&D or your yeah. stack or whatever. So it's like that plus other stuff on top plus of it. Plus others. Yeah. Well, what I mean by bad is like, first of all, it's not organized in any feasible manner. Mm. Basically, the way the rule book is, is it kind of goes component by component and then breaks down like it talks about the game board. Then it talks about stuff, actions relating to the game board. And then it talks about like the hero placard player boards. Mm. And then it goes into like what a hero's turn is. And then it talks about the villain board. So it's not organized in any way where like, here's the game board. Here's what everything means. Here's a hero board. Here's what everything means. Here's the villain board. Here's what everything means. Yeah. Now let's talk about the game flow. Uh-huh. Like there is no setup instructions at all. Like normally what I would expect for a game like this, because it's very scenario based where it's okay. There's a whole mission rule book. Mm-hmm. And they decided that having a whole mission rule book was all the setup you needed. Whereas most games will have a go to the, you know, it'll break down like, all right, refer to the rule or refer to the thing for, you know, pull out these people, pull out this thing, pull out this, put at, this in at here. At least have an image. Yeah. yeah. And have like a, a, a guide. Mm-hmm. This is just, there's some stuff in the, the entry is like, here's the way the board's set up. Here's the pieces you will need. Here's the guys you can hear. Here's your special rules. Good luck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I spent pretty much all day Sunday pl- Figuring, trying to figure this game out. Oh my! This gosh. is like hours. It took me like two hours just to set the figure out how to set the dang thing up and how the <laughs> flow of it played, and that was even it. Like I'm, I'm caveating this with I already knew this was going to be bad, so I went ahead and printed off a bunch of player aids from BGG. Yeah. And I still, it still was rough because I would have to reference the book for some of them because it was only like a page or two. And I'm like, wait, what does that mean? And I try and spend forever flipping through the book and whatever. Yeah, like I set it up and then I finally got around to play it. So like, all in all, it was like a four hour ordeal of trying mm. to figure this game out. You know, that, that reminds, you talking about that reminds me of my experience trying to prep to play, uh, it was Lost Valley, the Yukon Gold Rush mm. some year. I forget what it was now. So I printed out player aids and stuff because I knew I was going to have trouble like teaching the game. Yeah, and then it finally came to it and it was like, this game's not that great. Yeah. But on top of those layout, the reason why I said both for some, yes, for those things is not only is there weird layouts of the issues, but like, I'm pretty sure monolith is a French company, but some of the images have French text on them instead of English text. Really? Like it doesn't matter so much, but it'll be like, if they're showing you a diagram of a card, the card they're showing you will say have French some French mm. on it instead. Oh so it's gosh. slipped past the quality control. Yeah. And also some of their components, they were, u- wow. they, they designed them to be very universal independent. Mm. 
But what it means is there's a lot of symbology on it that you have to reference in other stuff. Yeah. So like I had a whole player aid that was just all the symbols to reference. <laughs> and it took me a second to figure out that there was some sort of order. So I was missing abilities that some of my characters had. So So this is like cramming the symbology of Race for the Galaxy. Yeah. The rule book for Netrunner. No, I no, they like this is like I said, this sets the bar as far as bad rule books well, are I'm, concerned. I'm cramming all this into the rule book. So I'm taking like all these bad elements from right. other games and cramming them into one game. Oh my gosh. Like they are not kidding. This is probably the worst rule book that has ever been written. <laughs> wow. Ever. Like this is somebody this just goes to prove my fundamental point. When you play test a game, you need to play test your rule book. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that just is give it to go, someone. Let give them it to it somebody out. who has never played your game and say, here, can you figure out how to play this from this rule book? If yeah. they say no, go fix it. Yeah. Yeah, really. And especially like I saw some people, I saw a couple of Reddit posts on Kickstarter when they were talking about Kickstarters and stuff, mm -hmm. especially when you have a game where you've had, you've gotten the money in advance. You've got this big, huge community. Mm -hmm. Send it out to people. Mm, yeah. send out like here's the first draft of our rule book and then people could be like yo this is terrible and you can catch or hey you've got these errors on page five six and seven mm. there's french on these like hey somebody can catch that right right before you hit print oh no that's terrible what i think is a great idea like when we're going to like unpub mm -hmm. and people are like teaching you your, their game yeah something people could do when they're making a game record yourself teaching it to someone yeah and then write that down or, you know, if, oh, yeah. also, I would say in general, hire somebody else to write your rule book yeah. because most game designers, it's all up here and it has sometimes the trouble of getting it <laughs> because you think yeah. you've explained something, but you missed like a key piece yeah. because you're used to explaining it. But yeah, so you don't write mm -hmm. it properly. Or, you know, there are people that do good jobs, like they make their living off of professional writing. Yeah. Yes, of course. And there are people out there that edit rule books for a living. That's true. I'd be good at that. But mm, all in all, I came away. I came away from that experience, and even after I played it, I was like, "This is just not feeling right." Like I'm not seeing how I would ever accomplish anything given the way I'm playing it and Aww. stuff. I'm like, "This just doesn't feel right." And at the same time, like I want to love this game so bad. Oh yeah, it's Batman. Yeah, I want to love this game, but I'm just having the worst experience. Aww. Hopefully, it'll get better. It does. That's the caveat to this. <laughs> oh. So I left it set up and I was like, because everything was set out and it took me forever to set it up and it's a table hog. Like there's a crap ton of stuff. Mm. So I left it set up and I was like, I'm going to, there's a couple of areas I wasn't too sure on. So I watched some playthroughs and also reading some of the comments because when you watch a playthrough, I had to watch a playthrough where they sounded like they were not doing that. Like, hey, it's our first time learning how to play here. Let's, yeah, you know, try and find someone that, kind of knows and then also reading the comments where they're like well you kind of got this rule wrong and that rule wrong <laughs> wow and i watched the playthrough and i'm like oh i played it completely wrong oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like the rules are that bad because the rules are that bad oh my yeah goodness. like the way i was playing you know like the, the heroes take a turn and then the villains take a turn mm. and i was playing that like the heroes each get one action because they have these action cubes that you get and get dispersed. And it's also your hit points. So mm. when you take damage, you get less cubes to do things okay. unless you heal. And so, but I thought it was like, oh, just every turn you get one action to move or something like that. Cause it makes it kind of clear. It doesn't specify that you can keep doing actions. It just specifies you get one action and then it's the next heroes go. 
Mm. It doesn't specify that you can go back to the same hero. You know, it, it just says like, as long as there are ready heroes, what doesn't ever say when your hero's no longer ready, mm. you know? Gotcha. Huh, okay. So I thought you only got one action. So it's like, okay, I Batman moves. <laughs> That's it. And then it was that like, was an epic turn. Yeah. The like <laughs> seven. Well, then it's like, okay, well now Nightwing's got to do stuff. And then it's like, how am I supposed to defuse all these bombs in seven turns when I only get seven things I can no. You can, as long as you've got cubes, you can do things. <laughs> and then the villains, I was only activating one dude per each one of their guy. And I realized that when you activate, it's a whole set of dudes. Because mm. I was like, this is really rigged against the villain because he's only getting like one action versus all the, but. Uh, so we have uh, Matt in the chat. Oh yeah. Talking about I, I, thought he might, I thought he might have that, have some comments, which we'll get to. I'll, I'll, I'll get, you can read them and paraphrase if you want. Sure. Yeah. So I left it set up. I watched it. I realized I was doing it bad. Then the next day, I came down, went at it again. Also, I printed out a different player aid that had each individual character and all their abilities stated out by oh. character. Like I had had a summary sheet that had all the abilities, but every time I was having to keep referencing, this one just had it by character and I could set it in by each board. Like this is everything that goes to that character played a whole lot better <laughs> good also i was able to like i guess it's also one of those things that after you play it like the first time's kind of crunchy mm. and then maybe i got that out of the way with that bad play so then i was kind of like in the flow like okay i know that like this is what i need to re-roll i got to spend cubes for this and you know i i got into the system i think a little bit more everything so that I, you're mm -hmm. talking about is probably taking place within the span of like a few days right yeah, it was like you had your crappy play. You watched a uh, play through that like, night, read and comics then, and then I uh, comments comments. And then I like the very next day I tried it again. The same scenario. Okay, yeah. cool. So that that is like the ideal thing to do. Right. I think like have like oh, that yeah. experience back to back or have you... somebody else who's played the game there with you on your yeah. first time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I mm, it was rough, but I feel I think I got a good grip on it now and I definitely enjoyed it more. It's still probably going to be a very hard to get to the table game, but I definitely want to give it some more plays. And I definitely want to get some plays with somebody else playing the villain at least. Mm. Oh, yeah. Before yeah. I'd at least want to get that one on one before I did like a full review on it. But I get that. That first impression was so like <laughs> hard. Mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. it was just like at the end of the day, I was just like, man. <sighs> That was not fun. That was the opposite of fun. I just picture you going, no. No, it's just one of those like where the game's just got you and it's just like punching you <laughs> and you're just afterwards, you're just like, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Matt's talking about rule books in the chat and uh, rule book play testing. Uh, so he can say that rule books can be a complicated journey. Uh, I could say oh. he, he's just saying that, you know, Agree that the person, uh, the game designer, writes, shouldn't write the rule book. Mm -hmm. They're tough to introduce in a playtest setting. Since because people want to play the game quickly, uh, yeah, they want to get into playing it quickly. Well, yeah, and his point is, is, is if you're if most of your playtesting's happening at a convention like Unpop, you're talking right, about, right? That's mm -hmm. hard to do a rule book Absolutely. because people want to jump in the game, and also, I guess, time wise. But that's why Colin was saying the person explaining it at like a convention setting, like yeah, record yourself doing that, and then tailor your rule book to that because. Yeah, I there's mean, that's so what there's so much saying. you can do. Just write your whole rule books out, and then those little rules that people ask about, you got your appendix there, right? FAQs, and then he was talking yeah. about you know if, if not a large developer, it's tough to hire somebody out. Well, that's where right. I was saying crowdsource that. Right, that's he what does make that point. Kickstarter, that you know, like kickstarting 
is not only a crowdsource for money, but it also gives you a cr- the place. Information. Yeah. All you got to do is put put a print and play version of your game out and like, here's the rules we're looking at. And people and will look at it. People sure. will look at it and give you feedback. And mm-hmm. even like any one English person that had read this rule book could have made that game, that rule book <laughs> 10 times better. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm hopeful that that overall the rule book won't Im- impact demand of the game because I'm hoping because there's been such a negative output and based on other things that I've heard that there might be maybe a second, a new rule book in the works. Yeah, rule book 2.0. I'm hoping. That'd be good. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad the second time was better. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was definitely. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad too. For but you. speaking of rules, let's break some rules. Okay. And okay. We, can only br- we can only break some rules by going to patreon.com. That was a terrible segue. <laughs> you're going into the game show. I thought I I realized it was a you better change gears. Yeah. I realized no, I was trying to go for the the, the Patreon's uh, plug, but I realized it was a better segue for the rule or for the, <laughs> for the, game, the game show. show. <laughs> but yeah, so patreon.com/boards and swords. It's great for the people that have supported us like uh we got Rusty Beetle in the chat room who has also he's one of our newest Patreon supporters, so shout out to him and thanks for supporting us like him even at a dollar a month. We don't care. That's all that matters. Sure, if you want to pay more and let me harass you about your favorite game. (laughs) Yeah. Or make it's not so much Mm -hmm. harass as it's just uh, make your silly dad jokes. Yeah, but I was trying to think of a clever way of saying that basically just uh, irritate your ears Ah. with the sound of my voice making bad dad puns. It's a punny homage. Yeah, there you go. Now, speaking of bad rule books, let's write some of our own. (laughs) Okay. I wish I had a sound bite. So basically what I decided to do here is Mad Libs, but with rule books, I pulled some of the first couple of first sentence or so of some uh, popular, everyone's played these games. Okay. And even Philip, had he been here. (laughs) And uh, it's not going to be as developed as a normal Mad Lib because I left, I had to leave enough of the sentence structure that you might end up getting it. Mm. So... Uh, the chat room can also help. Just start throwing out na- uh, some nouns, plural nouns, and verbs, because that's most of what's the 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 most of what these are gonna be. There's not a lot of adjectives in game design. Or game no, there rules. are, but like I said, some of them I needed to leave in oh, for you to have any sort of hope mm-hmm. at getting the yeah. So I'm gonna actually we're gonna go through and I'm gonna get all the words first perfect and then we'll go through each so i got three examples here because i wasn't sure how this was going to go yeah (laughs) so like i said the chat room can go ahead and just start throwing out random stuff but uh first thing i need is an adjective uh purple by the way mad libs were one of my favorite things to do growing up all right i would buy the books and take them on car trips with us and annoy my family and i just loved it fun fact back when we used to do the ocd show i used to have a segment that was called a monster manual mad libs where i would take stuff this was also right after the fifth edition monster manual came out for D. Mm. Ah. i would take random monsters and do mad libs of their descriptions and see if philip could guess what the actual monster was that's funny <laughs> so i need a noun monster I'm going to move that somewhere else because that's going to be gross with those two next to each other. (laughs) So you need another noun? Yes. Doorknob. All right. I need a number. 42. Okay. (laughs) I need a verb. Stabbing or stab. Okay. I need another noun. Ceiling. You got to get me a chance. Sorry. I'm trying to alternate, darling. I'm I'm, I'm trying to stall. All right. Verb. Punctuate. This is improv training, just like, you know, first thing that comes to mind. All right. Punctuate uh, was. All right. I need a, both of you, I need a plural noun. So I need two plural Scissors. nouns. Scissors. Pantalones. 
Just pants. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then I need a verb and a noun. A verb. I'm going to go with blow. Okay. Comforter. Okay. Two more plural nouns. Scoopers. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept thinking scoops. I'm like, no, that's a verb. Scoopers. Uh, let's go with turds. <laughs> okay. Uh, another plural noun. Crabs. Okay. <laughs> All right. I need a, a verb and a noun. <laughs> what? I don't want to say. <laughs> the only thing they keep, for some reason. I was wondering if anybody was going to go south with these. For some reason, the only verb that keeps coming to mind is fornicate. <laughs> <laughs> but, but. <laughs> let's say swim. <laughs> Did you said just regular noun, right? Yes. Okay. Um mountain. Okay. Uh, I need a verb and an a-, a verb and an adjective. Or wait, let's do the opposite. Verb and an adjective. Okay, there we go. Saving me from myself. A yeah. Verb. Um golfing. Okay, I'm gonna just do golf. Okay. Okay. As a verb? Yes. Okay. Huge. Okay. Now I need an adjective and a noun. Or not? Yeah. I'll do an adjective. Okay. We. Like, as we, as in little. We, W-E. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I Did just you read, read your rule? I just read the, what the, the, the statement made. <laughs> With we? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I can't wait to hear it. And now mine? Yeah. My noun? Yeah. Wood. Okay. All right. I need two nouns and a plural noun, and then we'll be done. Okay. What was it? Two nouns and two a plural nouns noun. Two nouns and a plural noun. And we'll be done. Winnebago. Uncle. And clouds. All right. Let me just double check. Make sure I didn't forget one. <laughs> mm. I realized I, f- I screwed. The reason why some of these, I think I messed up the type of word, but I, oh. but it's okay. I can, I can edit. <laughs> okay. Or it might have just been a case of tense. Anyways. All right. So question number one. All right. A game of purple doorknob is played over 42 rounds. The goal is to stab as many scissors to each other as possible by blowing scoopers that can create crabs. What? I think I have an idea. A ga- what? Is this supposed to be modern games, though? <laughs> yes. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> a game of purple doorknob is played over 42 rounds. The goal is to stab as many scissors to each other as possible by blowing scoopers that can create crabs. Oh, I... Was blowing one uh... of our words? It was blow, and I had to change it to blowing. Hmm. What? I have no idea. Purple doorknob. So adjective noun. Can you say it again? A game of purple doorknob is played over 42 rounds. The goal is to stab as many scissors to each other as possible by blowing scoopers that can create crabs. (laughs) Oh my gosh. See, barrel of monkeys is what came to mind at first, (laughs) but that's... That's not adjective. Any guess? Like I said, it's a game all of us have played. Code names. Is that your guess? What's your guess? Uh, As of Happy Salmon. A game of Railroad Inc. is played over seven (laughs) rounds. The goal is to connect as many exits to each other as possible by drawing routes that can create networks. May I ask how Railroad or Inc. is an adjective? I thought that Railroad, because it's a type of... Mm. I thought Railroad was an adjective Mm. in this case. Okay, so the next one might be better. (laughs) <laughs> Aww. All right. This one's the one that. Mm. 
Mm. <laughs> so I moved monster because I didn't want it to say a game of purple monster. Ah. I thought that was, mm, mm-hmm. but where I moved it to might be just as bad. The more you punctuate your pants throughout the comforter and the more turds you swim, the more they golf around their wee monster. I think we changed out too many words. (laughs) One more time, please. (laughs) The more you punctuate your pants throughout the comforter and the more turds that you swim, the more they golf about their wee monster. (laughs) I think I subbed out too many words. I think so. (laughs) I'll say... uh, Ticket to ride. <laughs> or, um, yeah. I'm just saying, don't think about it. I think the more it's more fun what came up than you trying to guess. I, uh, I kind of want to say Barrel of Monkeys again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with Blood Rage. It was Euphoria. <laughs> of the course. More, oh, it makes sense now. <laughs> the more you send your workers throughout the city and the more workers you add, the more they discover about their twisted society. Whatever word was worker, did you use it twice? <laughs> No, I didn't. You I used two. Yeah. I used this. I used the uh, different word each time. Mm. Shame, shame. It's okay. This is still funny. It actually made it really funny. So I should. It should have made more, so much more. The sense. more you punctuate your pants throughout the comforter, and the more pants you swim, <laughs> the, the more, more they golf. The more they golf around their wee monster. We'll, we'll refine <laughs> the more this. You punctuate your pants in the comforter. It sounds so dirty. Where's fornicate when you need it? <laughs> Oh man, I just punctuated my pants. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, each all right, so last one. Like I said, I knew this was probably gonna go south. <laughs> each ceiling takes on the mountain of a huge wood and builds a Winnebago around that uncle's clouds. <laughs> I was guessing ceiling is player. Each player was builds one of our words or one of yours? Or one of the rules. No, that was one of the rules. Each player builds. Each player takes on the mountain of a huge wood oh. and builds a Winnebago around that uncle's clouds. Each player takes on. Around. Builds something around something. I'm going to go with Ticket to Ride. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say Rhino Hero. Super Battle. Each player takes on the role of a single investigator and builds oh. a deck around that investigator's ah. abilities. It was Arkham Way War, the card game. Way oh, <laughs> yeah. I would that. My only weakness. <laughs> I would not. I was thinking dexterity games, like mm. building, and that's funny. Oh my gosh, that was great. Good times. Good times. Oh, a wee monster. No, <laughs> punctuating my pants is going to be a saying from now on. We should clip it. That's the name of this episode. <laughs> Punctuate my pants. <laughs> Uh, thanks for that, Chris. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, thank you. Yeah, you you stayed true to the. And uh, I wasn't even like I could have just gone in order, and I started to in the beginning, and then I was like, I'm just going to alternate different ones, and it ended up working beautifully. So yeah. how did you set this up so you could fill in the stuff? I just copied just that out of delete a, little, a word, like, put adjective. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Mm. That was fun. And then just copied them both in there so I could edit and read the actual. Nice. It's good. All right, so that's all. That's all we got this week. Oh, that's right. Philip's not here. No, no, no. All right. Thank you, everyone, for. Uh, I'm all messed up. It's right in front of me. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you like this show, then you need to go visit boardsandswords.com and check out the other show. We'll stream it next week. It's all in the off weeks. Dirtbags of Holdings, where we talk about RPGs. We just had our discussion show where we talked about spooky uh, RPG games. Nice. Cool. 
So if you like this show, you can email us comments and questions at feedback at boardsandswords.com. You can follow us on Instagram at boardsandswordspod or on Facebook at boardsandswordspod. I guess it'd be facebook.com slash boardsandswordspod. Excuse me. Yep. But you can also follow our individual accounts. I'm Cindy Pastorius on Twitter and Instagram. I am ColdCakes196 on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on both places at ChrisTheProf. And we are also a part of the Dice Tower Network. You can go and find other great board gaming podcasts at DiceTowerNetwork.com. And Dice Tower Network is supported a lot by Cool Stuff Inc. CoolStuffInc.com. You can go to their website and check out all their awesome gaming deals and buy some great games at low prices. That's all I got to say about that. And thank you for listening. For people uh, watching in the chat room, thank you for joining us, even though we had like Kyle that just jumped into the chat room. <laughs> it's all right. Rewind. rewind. You, you almost made it. You almost got it. Thank you, for, thank you for listening again, everybody. And we will see you guys in two weeks. And in the meantime, remember that every gamer has a story and it shouldn't be punctuated in your pants. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. See ya. Oh, guys, we got to stop the show and start over. Kyle wants us to start over. Uh, I'm going to go home and play some Lego Star Wars. That sounds that sounds like a good plan. Yeah. Good night. Bye. Sorry, Kyle. So, sorry, Kyle. Yeah. Uh, too late. Oh, sorry. Right. Uh, too late.